Hey everybody, today's episode is sponsored by Dip Your Car. Dip Your Car is your go-to resource for all your peelable paint products. From gallons to spray cans, they have exactly what you need. And check out their new HyperDip formula. It's a game changer. Yep, absolutely. It's hands down the easiest way to change the color of your car or black out your badges. Check out their website or YouTube channel for hundreds of how-to videos or just get inspired for your next car project. Thank you so much for sponsoring this week's episode. DipYourCar.com. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Origin Story, where we dive into how your favorite YouTubers got started and where they are going. I'm Mike. And I'm JP, and today our guest is Rob Rabbit Pitts. Rob, thanks for joining us. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Really Absolutely. excited, yeah. In, tonight, in tonight's episode, we're going to learn a little bit about how Rob's past about his past and about why he created a YouTube channel and not one of the hundreds of other mediums out there that he could have done, which I know that uh, across, I don't know, outside of your left-hand side, you're building a little studio, there's podcasting coming, things like that are gonna be coming in the path. So it's exciting to learn about other mediums coming. And we just were talking before we started recording about his past with, uh, you know, radio and the and the voice presence there. So it, it'll be exciting there. And, so for those who don't know our guest, Rob Rabbit Pitts is an entrepreneur and a third generation owner of Pitts Truck Services. Rabbit has bought and sold thousands of cars all over the world and mainly in the United States, even from inside of a courtroom. He was on the right side of the law that time, so it's all good there. Um, he has a knack for storytelling and a great presence on camera, which has led him to create his self-titled YouTube channel, Rob Pitts. His channel has created a community of over 106,000 subscribers who have watched his 176 videos over 8 million times. However, he also has probably another 8 to 10 to maybe 12 more million views on other platforms such as like VinWiki, all the Drive Tribe, so many other platforms out there. So I feel like this is the in infancy of your own channel and the breakout we're, we're watching now. So I'm really excited to... Uh, to dive into it so thanks so much for coming on the show hey thank you for having me man i love it yeah it's exciting it's it's, it's always fun to talk youtube i love getting to do it oh it, you never realize how you geek out on youtube stuff and it's not even about the video the video is the byproduct it's all the it's always you know the numbers you know like i love talking shop with ed or talking shop with with other youtubers you know and different things and this we did this the other week and how we love you know, election time because of all the campaign ads and things like that. Just, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure like it's interesting because you guys are all within the same community of the car culture, but, but like you could title a video, he could title video, the same thing. You guys could do the same kind of like uh thumbnail, but they could get wildly different results and it could go either way. It has yes. no, there's like, it, he could have posted it at 1201, uh, on a Tuesday, you could have posted it at Friday at 5 p.m., and there could have been some crazy news going on in the world. So people were going on YouTube, watching videos, and boom, you get a million exactly. views. It's crazy. The algorithms <laughs> works your way. Yes, it does. It's it's crazy. So let's talk a little bit about um, born and raised in South Carolina, and you're a famous car guy. What was the infamous, first so I think inf the infamous, word. infamous car guy? What was the first car you remember kind of really getting you 
into the culture of cars because I think there's difference. There's like the function, and then there's the culture behind it. Oh, first car that got me really into it. So everything goes with a story. Yeah. Uh, set the background. I was 16 years old. I weighed about 300 pounds. I went out for the football team. Wade Ham High School had the worst football team known to man. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, literally, we were horrible. And um, I remember the coach, his name was Coach Farm. He's dead now. But he came up to me, he goes, Rob, you're a pretty big boy. You ever thought about going out for the football team? And the thing is, I was big, like mashed potatoes big, not big like <laughs> athletic. And um, so I went out for the football team, and I got knocked on my ass twice, and I quit. <laughs> and um, I realized right then that was not the where, I, the where I needed to be. And I was so down in the dumps. My girlfriend broke up with me. And I quit the football team all in the same week. So it was the worst week ever. Especially for a high schooler. Bought me a brain <laughs> Trans Am. And my father, we were like, and if you ever watch any of my videos, or and me and my dad, we're more like brothers than we were father and son. And but my dad, you know, not being the most athletic type either, knowing where I got it from. I had this brand new Trans Am sitting in the driveway and this saying is what my dad, when he said something, it just stuck with you. And he said, now when all your little friends are playing with each other, you can go play with their girlfriends. Enjoy it. Don't get in trouble. <laughs> and, and that changed. Needless to say, my social life really picked up driving a new Trans Am in school. I could imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially, not many people have new cars in high school. Not many Be, people being have being a third string water boy for the football team, <laughs> driving a new Trans Am. Yeah, life was looking up. Yeah, yeah. And and your dad, I mean, he he was always in the cars, right? I mean, even even when you were younger. So what, what was that? What was that like growing up with him? I mean, you you probably had, you know, your exposure to cars, fast cars, and drag racing. Uh, well, yeah, age. So, so my dad was a. So this was the thing that was crazy. My dad was a professional drag racer. And I grew up in that. And I and I mean, growing up in it, I was naturally at the drag strip all the time. I was naturally around race cars all the time. And it didn't seem like that big of a deal to me then as it does now looking back. And my dad got out of drag racing as I got into my teens. He retired, I guess, from drag racing and got into classic cars. And that's what I think my love affair for classic cars and what I do today comes from. Because those were like my developmental years. And, and you know, I remember going and my grandfather buying his first collector car and my dad buying his first collector car and me buying my first collector car when I was 19 years old and selling that car. And it was a down payment on my first house when I was 20. And thinking like, man, you know, like I make money off of it and I enjoyed it. And that one little move basically paved the way for my life. And hundreds and hundreds of classic cars and everything in between. And so so definitely I had no choice but to be in the automotive. Everybody in my family is a car guy. You know, every guy in my family has a cool car. That's just part of it. And not early man. exposure will get you there though. You know, yeah, when you're sure. exposed to all those cars and drivers, right. you have no choice. In the I, had, yeah. I had I had no choice but not to be a car guy. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's another and thing he, about the family too, right? that I think reflecting back now, you're a third generation to own a family-owned company. 
So well, you, you guys, there's two sides of your family, I would imagine. It's like, okay, you have the functional side where you're fixing trucks for maintenance and contracts and things like that. And that's what helps you pay for the hobbies and the fun and the love and the passion for it. So, so how interesting is that to be the third generation of a business owner? There's a lot of pride in that. My grandfather started Pitt's Truck Service in 1968 with a $300 loan on a 65 Mustang. And you got to think that one little move he made changed my family's whole life, basically. It's the only job my father technically ever had. You know, yeah, I think my dad started working there when he was 16 and he passed away a couple months ago, all the way to 62. And I worked there for 20 years off and on, you know, I did some of my own thing and I was always very entrepreneur minded with things. Um, you know, I've owned several car lots over the years and things like that. And of course I've got, you know, RUC now and it was, which was, we'll talk about that here in a second, I'm sure, but which was totally by accident. It was one of those dumb things, you know, um, sales is like a drug for me. I love to sell <laughs> and I love to talk and I, I love that. I just, I'm that kind of guy and I can sell anything. I, and I've always been that guy. And I think that's why I did so good in the truck shop. Instead of turning wrenches out in the shop, I was the guy in the office calling customers up and like, Hey man, let me tell you this, and this, and this, and you know, you'd have a customer come in, he's madder than hell because his truck wasn't right or there was something wrong or you, you know, you're running behind and he's all mad. And within 30 seconds, I could have him laughing, walking out of the office, like, well, just give me a call when it's done. You be good, man. Tell your mama I said, hey. And, and just having that ability to do that. And, and so, you know, and I tell people this all the time in my videos, talking about sales and stuff. Sales plays such an important role in everything in life. And, and being able to do that and then, you know, going even deeper into that, is you know also have seven years in stand-up comedy that you know that i did traveling the southeast you know every friday saturday and some sunday nights doing you know hold the wall comedy clubs telling jokes and and i tell people this all the time you know everybody's like oh man i'm really funny i want to do stand-up telling jokes to your buddies in a locker room and telling jokes on stage are two totally different things yeah yeah you know, I, I got a buddy of mine he's a he's a songwriter in nashville I mean, I mean, Edwin McCain, his shop is two doors down from me. And Edwin was there the other day. And, you know, of course, he's got his guitar. And I got my guitars in my green room over here. And, you know, we're playing around or whatever. And I was joking around. I said, see, you guitar guys have got it made. You miss a chord, you got all the lights and everything else covers that up. I tell one bad joke, my nice shot. There's no coming back from that. No, it's very hard to come back from any, any, any fail. And then I feel like mentally you start to just unravel too. It's gotta oh, be yes. hard. It's gotta be hard from both sides. Like, Overcorrect. And next yeah. Thing you know, yeah. I want to go back to yeah. one thing that your grandfather did. So he took a loan to start this company because he had a passion and uh, maybe even a knowledge for trucks. He wanted to get out and do something on his own. It's a very scary thing to do. It's a it very is. ballsy thing to do. And it's something that many people struggle with should they do or should they not do. So what lessons did you learn from about that move? So so, so a brief background of my grandfather. My grandfather never knew his dad. So it was just him and my great-grandmother. And, you know, they lived together, you know, and then he eventually married my grandmother. But 
he worked paving the roads, like asphalt for, for a construction company that did road paving. And my grandfather was always a car guy. He was a hot rodder. And uh, he, you know, in his teenage years and things like that. And he would, like, he had a piece of equipment that broke down on the road. Well, you know, he got it going again. Well, they liked that. Well, next thing you know, his construction company built him a little shop and paid him to be their full-time mechanic. Well, after doing that for a couple of years and kind of, you know, honing his skills on diesel repair and things like that, he's like, why the hell am I working for these people? And he took a $300 loan. My dad was 10 years old. He took a, actually he was nine. He took a $300 loan on a 65 Mustang that, you know, with a 289 that was built to the hilt hot rod that they drove to church, they drove to the grocery store, he drove to work. <laughs> Took a three hundred dollar loan on this car in nineteen sixty eight, and rented his first shop, and started pitch truck service October of nineteen sixty eight, and it's been downhill ever since. <laughs> it's it's interesting. That's that's a really cool story though. It's because how he got to that, he built the confidence through something else, but then was had the realization of like, why am I doing something for someone else where I could just do this on my own? Still a ballsy but, move. It's a ballsy move, but the thing you got to think about, though, he, he was entrepreneur before entrepreneur was a thing. Right. Um, I tell people that, you know, there was no such thing as that back in the day, you know. And, and we, matter of fact, we did a uh, video just this morning. We were recording YouTube content and uh, and we did a video and we got talking. And I know it's a very ghetto term, but it's so true. Scared money don't make money. And 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 you got to be able to take a risk. And I and I'll back in my stand-up comedy days i had this comedian buddy of mine his name's tim wilson and he's he's a traveling comic he's still around he um he come to me one time i was a nervous wreck in atlanta georgia lapping skull lounge and he goes man don't worry if you bomb tonight guess what you're gonna wake up in the morning you get another chance to screw it all up again <laughs> and, and just but you gotta have that mindset you know what every time you come up to play you're not gonna knock it out of the park it's just, it, it's inevitable. But if you never step up to the plate, you're never going to hit the ball anyway. Yeah. You're never going to get the opportunity to. So I think that's the big thing, you know, and, and, you know, something, I think a motivator for me is, you know, there's nothing wrong with mediocre. There's nothing wrong with nine to five going to work and coming home and, and being comfortable. There's nothing in the world wrong with that. But something was told to me a long time ago from a sales buddy. And he goes, there's a big difference between a man that signs the front of a check and the man that signs the back of one. Yeah. And, and, it, and it really makes you think, like, I can do that. You know, and I just, it's like, it almost insults you enough to make you make you want to do more, you know? And, and, and I think that I can look back over my whole life in different instances. You know, it's like my dad. I've sold thousands of cars in my life. Thousands. And, and I'm 42. Every car I've ever sold, my dad's like, boy, you got lucky on that one, didn't you? <laughs> you know, but that, that's him. Every you single one. Saying? You know, I'm the, luckiest, I'm the luckiest asshole in the world to hear him tell it. Because, <laughs> but you see, every car I ever sold, and I'm not talking about I did it once or twice. I mean, hundreds, thousands, 20 years later, Man, you got lucky on that one. Skin of your teeth the whole way. 
three times. Never, yeah. never once he said, man, we knocked it out of the park. Nope. Yeah. I never heard it. <laughs> but looking back, I think that's what pushed me. It, yeah. You know, it really did. Because I, I, I knew if I fail, he wins. So I just keep driving, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, I like that. That and it, I think it just it, it does yeah it creates the drive. I mean, if you would have felt comfortable and said, "Hey, I'm the, I'm the best there is," you might not have gotten to where you are. It's like you exactly. got to keep going exactly. forward. You know, you would stop. Hungry, hungry, hungry dog, hungry dog runs faster. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so back to the stand up thing. So I, I'm a big fan of stand up. I love it. I watch. Uh, I watch a lot of a lot of stand up. I watch a lot of stand up podcasts. What made you quit? It's it's. I will say it's interesting. One anecdote is that a lot of like standups um when you listen to their podcast they might not they they're afraid of cold calling but they'll go up on stage and tell a story in front of a crowd of people and aren't afraid to bomb it's interesting that you're you you do the both kind of just a side note there um but what what ultimately kind of led you to to getting off the stage or are you still going up every once in a while no so this is the thing about stand-up you know obviously stand-up comedy day gigs are far and few and unless you're a traveling comic that lives on the road it's really hard to make a living doing comedy yeah it is always a hobby and i enjoyed it and and, you know it's it's one of those things you can't have a nightlife and a day life for long and it really starts weighing on you and that was a lot of it you know it was back in my 20s it was fun you know I didn't dance, I didn't sing, you know, sure as hell wasn't playing ball or anything like that. So, but I did learn pretty early. If I could make you laugh, I could damn near make you do anything. And so when I went on a hot day, let's walk out to the club. And I'd always sandbag about doing stand up. And, you know, being open mic, oh, hell, I'll sign up. And I mean, you yeah. blow it out of the park, you know? And like, oh my God. They're like, yeah, no, it's crazy. It's not my first time. <laughs> That is a brilliant move. This is my. Yeah. That's a brilliant move, though, because you're like, right. It's like, you tap like a, it's like, is this thing on? <laughs> yeah, that's like a karaoke move. Like, I guess I can do a song. I'll do then you get done. It's like that's my time, guys. We'll see you. <laughs> that's what I said. And welcome, yeah, welcome him back. Like, uh, said that. These are my B jokes. Um, you should come see me next week. Yeah, here. I have, I have my own. I have my own intro music when I walk up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome Running back. with the devil. Who knew? Yeah. I guess they just play that for everyone. Um, was that kind of your first intro to, because it's stand-up comedy is so much about storytelling too. I mean, was that kind of your first intro to telling stories or were you, you know, to, oh. was your family telling tall tales? I noticed that you have kind of a saying for everything. It's like, you got the, uh, the Chevrolets That's... and driveways, Dodges and garages, Fords, uh, Fords on boards. Like you got, you got oh, something yeah. for everything. Um, where, where'd the storytelling come from? Is that just a gift of the gab? It's an art form in the South. Um, and my grandfather told the best stories, you know, the ones where like he made sounds and like a whispering jet or this or this. And, and like the stories you heard, and my dad was pretty good at it. My grandfather was awesome at it. And, and I would, I would remember sitting at his house as a kid and just listening to the same stories over and over. And every time you're just captivated by them because they got better and better for some reason, you know? probably because he lied more and more, but still they just got better, you know? And, and, and that's, I guess I got a little of that in me too. 
but you know, you're talking about the, the saves. So in sales, we call that shuck and jive. When you say, shuck and jive. When you say, you know, Chevrolet's in driveways, Ford's on the boards, I put Dodges in garages, you know, selling, selling cars like candy bars, you know, just <laughs> all the little <laughs> slang terms, you know, all that is shuck and jive. You know, my favorite thing, like when I was selling retail cars, I worked for a Ford store and, 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 you know, that was, that was the thing. And it kills me because the car business has totally changed. You know, now, you know, you got Carvana's and Broom and all this stuff, one price shop and you click and they send it to you and yeah. you don't have to haggle or anything. I'm old school. I'm that last of the bunch. Like I remember when you bought a car, it was an all day thing. You were duking it out back and forth. And I think that's a lot of the reason I was so successful selling cars is like they got the show, you know, when you came in there and, and, you know, man, let me, let, let me, let me work on my, let me, let me work on my sales manager. Maybe I can get a few more, get a few more dollars on that trade. Let me run in there. Translation, I'm going to walk out back, smoke a cigarette. I already know this deal one side and down the other. I'm going to smoke a cigarette. I'm going to call my girlfriend. I'm going to come back with my tie threw over my shoulder. And I'll be like, let me tell you what we can do. This, 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 and this. And they feel like they're doing something. They're like, I showed him, honey. You see that? Look at him. He's got his towel loosened up. I got him all tore up over there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, and then next thing you know, you're putting a deal together. You get them laughing. You get them cutting up. Man, I'm working for you over here. No, I'm working for me. You know, I, I know the deal. I got every dollar right here. And the, the more I make you pay, the more I make. So naturally, I'm not going to go talk to this guy, but I may make you think that. And, you know, the running back and forth. And, I mean, if I can have a dollar, I ran more in dress shoes than I did in football cleats. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, it, and it was all, you know, if I did see my sales manager, it was literally to tell him a dirty joke and then come back in there and be like, we've got a guy that's interested. No matter what you were trading in, I always had a guy that bought those. Yeah. Insert any car here. I got a guy. That's all he buys. Yep. He specializes in Kia Rios. <laughs> he is the I, only one in the country. And he yes, happens to be uh, here. I called my guy. <laughs> thinking we can get another 500 out of the Rio. Yeah. If you throw in the spinner hubcaps. You know what? <laughs> and, and, and then get them, and get them laughing and cutting up. And, and, and you know, a lot of sales is reading deep. Yeah, but that's the experience too. I mean, they're you know, if you're building trust with them and you're having the experience, like it's gonna be a good time. Like I'll take just a good time and experience over somebody who's like, Hey, here's here's the best deal and they're like, Ah, the experience yeah. is that's you not, know, it's, it's part of the sales. show, like you're saying. That's that's not being a salesman. I, I tell them those are test drive monitors. That's yeah. what they ride with you, make sure you don't steal the car. Yeah, I like that you give them that that rocking chair. There's a lot of motion going on, but it's not really oh. going anywhere. It's going to go your way the whole time, but there's a lot of motion going on. Yeah, I'll give you something to look at, but we're not <laughs> yeah. so far. And, and, yeah, and, that's awesome. And then that's the key is to keep them occupied, keep them in that office, keep them entertained. And, you know, thinking, what's he going to come back with? You know, he's got, he's got that guy that buys kids. That's all he buys, you know. <laughs> you know, he's or insert anything, you know. And, and I mean, that's, that's the beauty of sales and reading people. I mean, you know, you see how they carry themselves. You can see, you know, you can by the look on their face, you get them smiling, you get them giggling a little bit. And then that's when you set that hook and you're just reeling. You're just, just reeling them in, reeling them in, you know. And, 
I mean, it's just fun. You know, the wife's over there. You talk to her, you know, because she wears the pants in the family. But you still got to make him feel good, too. So you go over here and you're like, come on, bud. It's okay. My wife picks on me, too. And the bad thing is I'm not even married. That was the worst part. <laughs> yeah. And so getting to the Ford dealership is actually an interesting story for you, right? Because you got there after you were permanently banned from eBay, which for I think life. for life, which which is – a feat in its own. That's a that's a pretty. You should get like a poster and put it on your wall. Like that's a, that's something to somewhat be proud of. The best one that was described to me. It was actually mentioned. There was a guy that wrote a book about eBay, and I was mentioned in it. <laughs> and, and you know, not my proudest moment by any stretch. It definitely makes for some great bar side conversation. Yes, absolutely. You know, you just don't bump into many people that have been run off from eBay. You know. Yeah. But um, but that being said, you know. I took a great idea and I might have pushed it a little far. And and then I know I, I did. It was no mind to it. I did. I know I did. Um, but that was a learning experience. You know, I did that on my own, right, wrong, or indifferent. That was me. You know, I didn't have anybody at the time to ask how internet car sales works because I'll be honest with you, nobody else was doing that around here. Yeah. Um, you know, there were a double handful. When I started on eBay, there was a double handful of people on eBay Motors. Yeah. And, and I mean, so we were all kind of learning as we go. And, and, and I mean, you know, and I mean, eBay still is a very, a, a powerhouse for car sales. Um, I mean, it's still a popular thing, but naturally there's other things also, thank goodness. And, uh, but, and, and, and coming from that, you know, like I had to have a job with benefits and I had to have all this stuff. And I mean, this was a horrible time in my life, you know, eBay dumped me, me and my wife split up. I mean, it was just a crazy time. This is all in a couple months. And kind of like that high school flashback when you got exactly. that. Exactly. It was the end of the world. You know? <laughs> and nobody was giving me a Trans Am. That's yeah, no, there wasn't a Trans Am with a bow on the hood this time. You know, this is, and this is a true story. And this is a, this is a true story. Um, and this is something that a lot of people need to, to, to learn. And I learned it at a very early age. Um, I made stupid amounts of money at a very young age, selling cars online. You got to think about, I started selling cars on eBay when I was 20 years old. Wow. Um, and I all went about 25. And, you know, the thing you got to think about when with this is, is at 20 years old, I was making about $350,000 a year. Holy cow. Wow. Out of my spare bedroom office. I bought a house, the one that I sold my first collector car to buy, to put the down payment on. I paid my house off in a year. Wow. <laughs> um, which was probably one of the smartest moves I made with the money. Then I went Getting out. Getting that paid off. Yeah. Yeah. But then it was like buying dumb stuff. And yeah. and it was that was youth. That was youth. Um, doing things that instead of putting money back thinking, man, this is going to last forever, you know, and it didn't. Um, and, and I tell people this, when I started at the Ford place, um, when I went to work at the Ford dealership, I had, what, what year, what, what year was this, by the way, when did you start the Ford? 2006. Okay. So you were like, what? I, remember 2006, I had $6 to my name. Whoa. Whoa. My house was paid for, and I drove a 2005 Corvette that was paid for. I had $6. I had an eight. A couple of gallons of gas. 
I carried an $800 Halliburton briefcase with two pins, a legal pad, and a pack of crackers in it. That was my lunch, my first day at work. And I sold eight cars my very first day. Holy crap. Actually, wow. The best salesman, the best salesman, the Indy Ford Greer, all the way up to about two years ago, my, my, I got beat. But that was the best sales day at the Indy Ford for 10 years at least. Your first day? My very first day. So <laughs> this was the, the, and it was luck, a lot of it. I think it was just like God looking down on me like, this yeah. boy, break. You know, he, yeah, he, he ain't all little, bad. He's he got a little, a little wind in his sail. Come on. So this was the thing. I came in and usually, you know, sales is all commission, car sales like that. Um, you know, you make off gross profit. But the problem, but the deal was, was, you know, if you didn't sell, you didn't get paid. You got paid once a month. And you could take a draw from your paycheck every two weeks against what you made. But yeah. that's it. Yeah, make it back. Um, so anyway, and I knew that. So my number one goal was to make it to that draw. That's what I needed to do. So I'm sitting there and they teamed me up with another salesman. This guy was leaving early that day to go get a title loan on his truck because his sales were so bad. <laughs> so he left me there. So while I was there, every dealership, I never worked in a new car dealership and he showed me how to do the paperwork. So I took a manila folder and I took all the sales slips, all the different paperwork and I stapled them together. So they were in order and I put it in a manila folder. So I had one template basically to go by. I need to fill out this, this, I go to this sheet, this, and this is when I go to the finance office. You know, this, 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 and then this is the drive out. And these are, you know, you know, you know, the IOU sheets, you know, or whatever, you know, and this, whatever. This is how you write the deal up, all that stuff. And he was leaving to go get a title loan. So he left me there to fill out the business cards, like the blank on them where you write your name. Yeah. Your cell phone. New, brand new. Yeah. And, um, and I'm sitting there at this. Well, I walk outside to smoke a cigarette and a guy pulls up an F-150 and I sold him and his wife eight vehicles. He owned a construction company and I sold him eight vehicles in from about lunchtime to about, we finished up about 7.30 that evening. Um, and then his son came back the next day and bought one from me. Um, What'd you sell him? Uh, like buy, fleet buy vehicles? Seven, get, buy seven, buy eight, get one free? No. <laughs> um, so, well, first he wanted an F-150 and the funny part was he worked in construction. And his name was Gary. And he passed away a few years back. Me and him were actually really good friends. We had lunch together about twice a year, every year. Um, Gary was kind of up in the age then a little bit. Um, he owned a construction company. They were building like skyscrapers and building big stuff. And um, he came in in a later model gold F-150 and he wanted a King Ranch truck. Well, we only had one King Ranch. And D&D was a small four-store. And uh, he wanted a King Ranch. We had a black King Ranch. Well, anybody that works in construction with dirt and dust flying a black vehicle is not going to be what you want. He goes, I really want a white King Ranch. Well, I know that having a King Ranch, you know, and transferring something from another dealership, that's downhill business. You know, that's going to cost us. I said, well, let's just drive this black one. See if you like it. And we drove it. And we parked that thing into a parking lot and the yellow lines and all that stuff. And you could just see them in the side and the paint. It was gorgeous. You know, it was a brand new truck. And I said, there's nothing prettier than a black vehicle though. You got to admit. He goes, oh, it's gorgeous. 
And I told him, I said, you know, Gary, I could probably cut you a hell of a deal on this thing. And I'll be honest with you, water's cheap. We can wash it, you know. And he goes, it is a pretty truck. <laughs> what kind of deal can you cut me on this thing? And I'm paying cash. So we go back. And I go see my little sales manager and this and this. And we get the deal. And he says, hell, I'll take it. Well, his wife comes up to help him get the stuff out of his truck. She was driving. He had a gold F-150 beforehand. She had a gold Explorer. Bought her a black Eddie Bauer Explorer to match. And then he started talking about all his work trucks. They had Dodge work trucks. And he said, man, we bought these things three years ago. And he said, we've had nothing but problems out of them. He said, my guys are rough on rats. He said, they're just rough on stuff. And he goes, he goes, he said, you know, as I like those Ford F-150s. And back then we were selling those base F-150s for like 19 And we had 20 of them. And he bought six. <laughs> one shot. And I mean, like I was running nonstop. And the thing that was crazy was that sales meeting that next morning, the new guy comes in and he sold more cars than any of their salesmen usually sold in a month and one day. And uh, cash deal, by the way, all the way across. And, uh, you know, so needless to say, that was, and that's where the whole name Rabbit even came from. And okay, the, this is where it came from? That's a good, that we got, yeah, that's. Boards on the board. Every dealership's got a dry erase board. You write salesman, stock number, what the vehicle is, you know, black F-150, yada, 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 you know, and what you're selling. Well, needless to say, I'm the only one that sold a car that day at D&D Ford. Sold cars that day. I filled the whole damn board up by myself. <laughs> Robert Pitts. And I wrote it so sloppy. I was a new guy. Well, D&D Ford was owned by George Davenport. George Davenport was an old Golden Glove boxer. Big, just, just stout dude. You know, older guy. He'd been hit in the head so many times. Real kind of mush mouth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He walks in, he looks like a gangster. He's wearing a suit, you know, big guy, you know. He walks in, he goes, who the hell's a rabbit? Because <laughs> I wrote Robert so sloppy up there because I'm just writing it nonstop. I'm running. And uh, he goes, who the hell's this rabbit guy? And he goes, I don't know who he is, but he's selling a lot of cars. I like him. And the next day I came in, you know, the guys that marked the windshields on the cars, you know, did the, the paint on the windshields, you know, fire sale or whatever sale or whatever, blowout. Yeah. They came in, our offices had glass fronts in my office that said, Rob the Rabbit Pits after that. And it just stuck. After that, no one at DMV4 called me anything but Rabbit. And it just was one of those things that stuck with me. And I love that. It's crazy. If, unless you're blood kin of everybody, that's what they call me. That's that's legendary. And I like that's uh, that's how the name came because I've I haven't heard that story out out there. Um, so that's interesting, and and that's a killer day. So you know the problem is you started out super strong, just like your your you said your grandfather started the business, and then it was yeah. all downhill. So never yeah. gonna get an eight car day then again. So yeah, so that was that was fun, and I, and I had a good sales career at the four store. Um, I made, I made great money there. Um, one of my favorite things is, like I told you, I drove a late model Corvette. And, uh, and, and so my favorite thing is I sold Fords. Uh, and they always made me park in the back because it was bad for business for a Corvette to be sitting out front yeah. at the Ford place. And uh, my favorite thing is, what do you think about them F-150s? And they gave us demos. I just didn't want to drive them. I like my car. So... <laughs> 
I always point out there, all the salesmen kind of parked their cars to the side of the demos. And there was always a guy driving an F-150. I said, you see that white F-150? Everybody been a red F-150. I said, that's mine right there. I love it. You know what I mean? I've never even sat in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'd get my Corvette and drive home, you know? But, but you know, as I used to joke around. I took my Corvette to the Chevrolet place for some warranty work. And I told him, I said, you know how many damn Fords I got to sell to drive a car like this? You <laughs> better get your shit together. That's great. How did the love... next? How did the love for uh, Corvette start? Because it seems to be a uh, consistent theme in your life. Well, you know, it's actually, I was kind of a Ford guy in high school. I got out of the Trans Am, got into Mustangs. Um, my father was really concerned. He was a diehard GM guy, Corvette guy from way back. Um, and uh, my dad, tore, he tormented the hell out of me growing up about having a Mustang. And uh, his favorite thing to tell me, there's two things I like about, my pride and joy was a 94 GT Mustang after the Trans Am deal. And, and uh, we did a bunch of work to it, and it was still slow. But, I mean, at the time, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And that my dad said, there's two things I like about that car. And I'm like, what do you like about my Mustang? He goes, I don't think it's fast enough to hurt you. And that piece of shit's so loud, when you turn in the neighborhood, at least I know you're home. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. You know, that's, yeah. Hey. Well, this is this has come from the guy that used to drag race you pretty much every day, right? Oh, we well. So, my dad, like I told you, it was constantly a peeing for distance contest with my father. And and you know, yeah, I think my dad's twenty years older. You know, so I mean, like we grew up together. You know, and um, so he bought an SS Camaro. It was a. 97 SS Camaro, Hunter Green. And so we he left for work to go to the shop, and I left to go to school at the same time. Wade Hampton or Wade Hampton Boulevard, which is, a, is an eight-lane highway. Every morning we would turn out on there and he would bust my ass. Rain, <laughs> scuffs, sunshine, it didn't matter. He wouldn't get it. He wouldn't do everything. So I started every day with an ass whooping virtually. You know, it's a thousand wonders I wasn't slitting my wrist through my junior year. But, you know, it, it builds character, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I actually got a Corvette. I got my first Corvette when we started the eBay stuff. Um, I uh, I was selling cars for other car lots. I was basically brokering for other car lots on eBay. And um, because most of the used car lots back then thought the Internet was just for porn. So they didn't know anything about it. And um, hell, half of them didn't have an ad machine, much less an ad computer. Yeah. And um, that all that technology—it's a fad. And uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I actually heard that several times. I have no doubts. It's a fad. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, I heard it's devil worshiping. You know, but <laughs> hey, welcome to the South. We yeah. don't That's right. Yeah, that don't make sense to me. If it don't make sense, devil. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so anyway, the, uh, but uh, I went to a car lot and this guy had an 80 Corvette that had been all flared out and, and it was really out of date. And I'd be honest with you, looking back now, it was actually kind of tacky, but I thought it was cool. And uh, it actually belonged to his fiance and he called her cheating that owned this car lot. And I said, what's those sweet things car sitting out front for? He goes, man, I left her. 
And I they said, I'm going to sell that thing. And I had that GT Mustang. And I was driving it, you know, I had my digital camera, my little notebook, doing doing my thing. And he goes, he goes, you got tired of that Mustang? I said, yeah. He said, I'll swap you. He said, I'm tired of looking at it. I drove my Corvette home that day. And it's been kind of Corvettes ever since, you know? You know, I've, I've, I've probably not gone longer than six months not owning a Corvette since then. I have a question about the Corvette before JPS another question. So with the new iteration of the mid engine Corvette, obviously you're a classic car guy, but what are your thoughts on the new Corvette? I've had three C eights already. I'm not <laughs> I've just different colors. Uh well, so the first one we had in was a really early acquisition. Mm. Um it was sold before it hit the ground. Um you know, those cars for the first 500 miles are derated, like a yep. break-in period. Yep. I've never owned one out of the break-in period. Okay. And, um, and you know, it, it's different, but it, did, it didn't blow my skirt up. It wasn't the excitement wasn't there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm a classic car guy. Yeah. And the Corvette has strayed so far away from its roots. And it's neat. I mean, it's kind of like a poor man Ferrari, you know, in a lot of ways. It's impressive. And it's fast. It handles good. And they seem to be good cars. But the only reason that I had them was merely for investment. Yeah. And those, I mean, it'd be nice if they just broke in the engines before they put them in. That way you could get out there and hammer exactly. on them. Because I know, like, the, the first couple of weeks on those press releases, it's it's tough watching it on YouTube. You're like, all right, you know, you, you, the revs only go so high and the power's cut, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, but no, my, my favorite, so I, I like the like the C5, C06. I like the old, like, raw Corvettes. So I actually, you know, speaking of C5 Corvettes, my father did not like my first wife, and I should have listened to him. And <laughs> he actually offered to buy me a new C5. I got married in, in 2000. On your wedding day, right? Oh, no, on, on your wedding. <laughs> Such he, a bold I, move. My best man in my man, this is great. We were sitting at Kevin Whitaker Chevrolet, my right hand to God on this. Straight up God's honest truth. And you know, you know it's a lie when you do that. No, I'm just kidding. But straight <laughs> up, we were standing there and I was driving a millennial, a millennium yellow, six speed convertible Corvette, polished wheels, black black guts. I can tell you everything about it. And I'm riding in the car with my dad down the motor mile or where all the dealerships are. And my dad told me, he said, son, he said, it's yours. Just don't marry her. He said, you can date her. He said, you don't even have to go back. He said, hell, go back to the house, pack your bag, go to the beach for the weekend, enjoy your new Corvette. He said, I'll go back and take care of everything. Keep in mind, they're at the church. We're getting, I mean, everything's being set up. It's done. People are going to be there in two hours. And my dad's like, and I'm like, no, I'm in love, and I'm stupid, and looking back, I should took the C5. It's not, you you described the car really well. Every time I see a C5, I'm a little scared. <laughs> yeah, oh. now it's got to, yeah, you're like, all right, this, I get it. Yeah, I mean, man, it sounds like he gets you, though. That's the brother. It sounds like you guys had a great relationship, you know? So that's, we did. I, yeah, I, that's awesome. It's my father terribly. You yeah. know, he's that guy that, we insulted each other constantly, constantly. And, uh, but you know, it was, it was like brothers, you know, like I said, it was just, I talked to him every day, you know, yeah. I said, 
I seen him almost every day. And I mean, it's just, it's crazy that now he's gone. And, and when it really got me, um, I promise I won't turn this into to a tearjerker, but you know, what it got me was the week that he passed, hell I bought a car at his funeral. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> you gotta turn the sales off. But, but you gotta understand when you're doing that, you're working the crowd, you're going through the motions. It has yeah. Right. And, um, you know, you gotta be strong for everybody and all this stuff. But, you know, it's like that next week, you know, I get it in and like, I pick my phone up to call him and he wasn't there. Like, yeah. it, it's like, like, it just, it's crazy. You know what I mean? And, and, and all the things I've done and, and, and we've done together, you know, I mean, you know, the very first time I ever got pulled over, I was with my dad. Street driving, racing. driving together. Or no, no, he was car. racing me. We got pulled over. <laughs> Um, I mean, and that's, that's great. Oh yeah. You guys probably I, knew the guy. You guys probably knew the sheriff or whoever it was too. No, no, we didn't. No, we okay. didn't. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, and I mean, he was like my big brother. I mean, yeah. it's like, um, uh, you know, as I cruised around my Mustang and, and we were riding around the parking lot, AKA loitering basically. And there was this, uh, it's like a pup-up place that there was a little hangout back in the day and they had like these rental cops there. And they were like guarding the parking lot, you know, and they're leaning against the car with their flashlights acting all badass. And uh, and one of them said something because I'm riding around a car with a bright green dealer tag on the back of it. And right. this thing was rattling the ground, you know, and I get out. And the thing is, when I was, you know, 17, 18 years old, I looked like I was 12, you know, baby fate. <laughs> I get out of this car. And the, he asked me, the cop asked me, he goes, how much you want for that Mustang? And I said, it's not for sale. And he goes, why well, has it got a dealer tag on it? You know, not, and he just jumped my case right there. He yeah. raped my ass over the coals. And I'll never forget, I got in that car and left. And I went home. I didn't live about two miles away. And I pulled in the driveway. My dad was in the garage. He goes, when the hell are you doing home so early? And I told him about the cop. He goes, get your ass in the car. And my dad drove my Mustang with me in it there. <laughs> Pulls up. Those cops were sitting there. Sorry. He was sitting there. And... The cop was leaning against his car. There was two of them. My dad pulls up. He puts the car in gear. He goes, which son of a bitch told you that? I just point. He gets <laughs> up. He tells him. He goes, first of all, the reason he said that, because he knows what you make and you probably can't fucking afford it. Second, he said, what are you anyway? Are you even a real cop? What are you going to do, dilate his damn pupils? And, I mean, just, my dad raked his ass out of the coast. And he told him, he said, he said, He's going to take me home in this piece of shit. And if it makes it there, he's going to come back. And he said, and I dare you to say something to him. Have a good night. Like, proud dad moment. Like, get him, dad. You know? <laughs> Got your back. <laughs> but, that's, but that's how we were. You know? I mean, like, like you know, we were always each other's. You know what I'm saying? Like, we aggravated yeah. each other. We talked trash. But at the end of the day, push comes to shove, no one would fight for you like him yeah. or me for him or whatever that's it that's like you know you're you're with your brothers or your family or whoever and it's like you guys can get mad mad at each other all day but if one of them gets into a scuffle or a fight with somebody else it's, oh, it's, all, it's, it's all our it's, it's this is our team yeah yes. the mood oh, changes quickly yeah it's, you know you, well, gotta, watch, you gotta watch the trailer park squad over here you know <laughs> that's that's right that's right uh, well 
Yeah, man, those, those are great stories. I'm, I'm glad to hear you guys had a good relationship. And I mean, I mean, it's it's awesome that he, you know, brought you into this car world too, and you just kind of helped nurture it all the way through. Um, which which we'll get to when we kind of talk to the YouTube bit here. But we did want to touch on on this piece that we chatted about right before we got kicked off, which is about just doing a little bit of radio. You got a great voice for radio. You did a little bit of radio. Let's so like so let's so talk. So talk <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about. Let's talk about how that got started because I think it's a it's kind of an interesting segue of like the meetings, you know, going from radio and then and then now we're migrating into you know YouTube. What you're doing now? So <clears throat> I started an event company. Back to the whole entrepreneur thing. I mean, I yep. own a shop, event company. You've always got a, a side gig. Yeah, you I've as a high school a side hustle. Yeah, in high school you were doing all kinds of stuff. Too, exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I started an event company. Basically, we're glorified car show DJs. You know, we played music at car shows, had a little event trailer, set up PA speakers, and just played background music. Well, so we got hired by the local intercom radio station to put on a car show locally to do the music and, and whatnot. And so we did it. And uh, the vice president of intercom radio stations was there walking around just to see how, you know, it did. You know, it was a big event and it was, it was packed. And, um, and I'm walking out there with a wireless mic, like, what's going on, guys? And this, and this, and this, and this. Just being me, you know, just doing what I do. Did your voice sound the same? Always. Your voice always sound this way? I've yeah. always had a very deep voice. Yeah. Um, and we can get, we'll get into that, too, if we're over with. But, well, I mean, like you say, I always well, had a deep voice. But well, I heard you were flicking Marlboro cigarettes back in the day. It's my call of cowboy uh, well, killers, so that might help. <laughs> that helps a little, but there's other things, too. <laughs> Yeah. Other little kids walk up to me and they're like, how do I get, or young guys walk up to me and they're like, how do you get a voice like that? I said, doing everything your mother told you not to do. <laughs> That's good, yeah. The, um, but anyway, the uh, this guy walks up to me and, you know, the vice president of Intercrop, his name is Steve Sinecropi. He's from upstate New York. He goes, God, son, you got a set of pipes on you. He goes, you ever done radio? I goes, no, sir. He said, you should. Here's my card. The next day, I was in a, uh, I was in the Jump Studio at Intercom here in Greenville, and he said, "I've got a problem." And I said, "What's that?" He goes, "I've got the number one talk radio station in the state. Monday through Friday, it's intensity in ten cities, political, all that stuff." He said, "The weekend, I could turn the lights off and nobody know." And he goes. I had a show that I brought on talking about hunting and I brought these guys together and it's doing really good on Saturday afternoons. You know, it's called upstate outdoors. He goes, how about if we did a show talking about cars? I'll do it in my Steve Sinecroppy voice talking about cars. (laughs) And he goes, he goes, you know, he said, I had a, had a AMX when I was a kid and I'll never forget. We're in that jump studio and he's sitting there and he goes, he goes, he goes, tell me about your first car. And I'm telling him about the Mustang. And he's telling about the AMX. And he goes, my mother hated my car. And I said, yeah, that's how you know it was good. If mom liked it, you wouldn't like it. Right. You know? And and just talking about that, he goes, yeah, laughing back and forth. And he goes, all right, now stop. He goes, and he's already recording this the whole time. And we're just talking back and forth. I put on my headphones. He said, put your cans on. I'm like, huh? Headphones. Gotcha. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> we're sitting there. And he goes, now I want you to say something for me. He goes, what? He said, I want you to say on 106.3 WORD. 
I said, on 106.3 WORD. He goes, I want you to say it like I'm going to give you $100 every time you say it. I said, on 106.3 WORD. He said, I'm giving you $100. I said, on 106.3 WORD. He goes, perfect. He said, go take a smoke break. <laughs> I walked outside. I talked with the Marlboro man. I could do that, yeah. And I heard myself over the speakers. He didn't edit, cut it up, put it together. Of course, you know, threw the bass to it. And it was trembling the windows in that jump studio. And he goes, you hear that? And it was just us talking. I'm like, yes, sir. He goes, he said, that's going to be a number one show. And two weeks later, we went live with Hot Rods and Happy Hour Radio. Three months later, it was the number one weekend radio show in its time slot. Six months later, it was the number one downloaded podcast for intercom radio stations. And it's just from there, went from a one-hour show to a two-hour show. Um, you know, we brought in characters. You know, I had my buddy that he had a strange fascination for station wagons, so we called him Odd Rod. <laughs> and, and I got a buddy of mine who was just here just a little bit ago, actually. Um, he's been having some health problems, and he's back finally on the on the healthy track. But um, he's like the most straight laced nerdy guy, but he's like a statistician. He could tell you anything just right off the top of his head. He's like Google for cars. And so we call him the professor and we just laugh and we, and we may start talking about a Mustang. And then next thing you know, we're talking about John DeLorean and cocaine, you know, yeah. and, and, and we just had fun with it, you know, and, and, and just the most random things we'd get talking about or doing call in gas or whatnot. And it was just, it was fun. It was, it was something you look forward to every week right. going in and recording a radio show sit down, chop it up with the boys, oh. you know, talk, talk, talk about cars or whatever. Lean you know, back. And the thing is we, record, yeah. we recorded at night. So, you know, I mean, you know, you just lean, you just lean back in your chair and you grab your mic and bring it over and be like, you know, what's got me going is this and this or this and this or whatever. And I mean, it just took off. And I mean, it was worldwide. It's a podcast. Yeah. And I mean, it was just insane that, that, you know, people were listening to this. I mean, I thought my mom was the only one to listen to it. And it was just, it just took off. It went great. And that's awesome. You know, that's what led me into the YouTube stuff and everything else. Yeah. So great then segue. that, yeah, begs the question for why YouTube? Why wouldn't you take, because you went the traditional route. Now, the traditional route of going through radio, they now have those mediums like podcasts. I'm sure radio stations have YouTube channels, things like that. But wow. why, why didn't you take that personality and the, the kind of, experiences you've had and you know send it to a tv show or like you know try and get pitch a show to history or something like that so back before radio i was a sema you know i'm sema council i go to sema every year and uh well not last year but every year other than that and uh, you know we're in vegas and, and and i love it i love that atmosphere you know these are my people and we were there for the sema show and Discovery Channel was there casting. And um, I was doing some promotional work for Red Cap uniforms and uh, a Red Cap shop shirts, work shirts. Right. And um, I met some people from Discovery Channel and they contacted me about a show I did. And they said, We love your voice, you know, tall, blonde, six foot two guy, you know, got that voice like that, and this and this. And, 
you know, we think you'd be great. And I'll be honest with you, they run me through the ringer. Um, just jumping through hoops, never, you know, doing this, doing this. We did promotional shoots. We shot sizzle reels. They promise you the world. They fall through, putting it off here. Sign another talent hold. We're going to get this put together. Never did. Um, I just learned to have a hatred for cable television from this. And I was on three show ideas for Discovery Jack. Wow. And over about a four-year span. That actually doesn't surprise me. I could see that. I hated it. And nothing come from any of it other than wasted time and talent holds. Um, and, you know, that was the thing. And that's what I love about radio. Radio came to me. It fell in my lap. And it was just instant. And it worked. So... You know, and then you talk about why getting into YouTube. So now, fast forward a few years later, you know, first call in guest, the guy that, you know, just a crazy guy that drove cross country, hold the world record, you know, for the cannonball, Mr. Ed Bullion. <laughs> and, you know, Ed was a cold call. You know, I sent him a message on Facebook. He replied. And, you know, me and Ed just kind of, kind of, click you know and you know keep my heads you know georgia guy you know south carolina we talk and and you know next thing you know he's like it's like you know i've got an app i'm working on and we have a youtube channel promoting it and this and this and he says he goes you know i know you got good stories and he said you need to come down he said we'll record some never done a youtube video in my life actually had a few comedy videos up um but that was it i mean you know other than that so Anyway, and nothing I recorded or had anything to do with so Right. Um, just people like fans out in the crowd did it. So anyway, we went down to Atlanta about a month later and we recorded the first videos on Fidwinky. And, you know, like I think the first video's got like over 3 million views now. And that was the eBay outlaw story. And it was yep. the you know, the best sales day ever, which was the Ford store and, and this and this. And it was fun just to go down there. I mean, these are stories that I've told a million times, you know, sitting in a bar somewhere and be like, guess what? I've been banned from eBay. Like I could open up an eBay. I used to do it for a joke. I would open up an eBay account in front of people and within 24 hours, it would be gone. Like how they know it, I don't know. Different address, different credit cards, different everything. Just someone's full time job at eBay is just that, just to get Robert you. Pitts also, and his eBay account got flagged because of me. So, but anyway, that's um, that was the but that was that was I mean it was a joke. I've told that story a million times, you know, and 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 you know it was like late breaking news when I did it on there, you know, and. You know, it happened you know, 15 years later, you know, I was talking about it and, but it was, it was fun. And, you know, even Ed came to me and he goes, he goes, you really need to start a channel. He goes like, you know, I love having you, but you're missing, you're missing the boat, bud. You know, you need to do this too, you know? And, uh, I drug my feet a little bit on it. I'm a perfectionist when it comes to stuff. And I got certain ways I like to do things and, you know, the get, all my moons lined up right and all that. And we launched a channel in 15 months. We had a hundred thousand subs and steadily hey, trucking along. You launched 
January 2nd, 2018. That's I wanted... when I signed up. The channel actually launched September. Okay. okay. I wanted to know if this or was a, of a... Uh... Okay. I thought this was maybe like your New Year's resolution. You're like, I'm finally going to do it. Um... No, I didn't even have a YouTube account when I did the first videos. I was a guest looking at myself on YouTube. <laughs> hence why hence why the channel is now Rob, Rob Pitts. Right. Not not like rap. My, yeah, you're right. just like, hey, I'm just gonna here's my name, boom, put it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm Rob Pitts. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't put like something bad there. <laughs> yeah. But that's you know, looking back, it was fun and I and I, I love I love I'm going down in August to go film with Ed some more. You know, I always love going down and catching up with Ed. We always do caffeine and kind of make a weekend out of it. But that's I love the YouTube stuff because you're in control. Yeah. You know, we can talk about, and I love it because radio is a lot the same way. You know, being most people in the, in the radio business, what automotive related and all. So I had the reins. I mean, as long as I wasn't saying all the fun four letter words, they could care less what I was doing, you know, and YouTube is basically the same way, you know, and, and you can have some fun with it. And, and, you know, and, you know, I like to talk a little trash or be aggravated or, you know, or, or I'll get off on a rant. If there's something I'm thinking about, I'm going to talk to them about it, you know, and, you know, just like today we shot a video talking about scared money, you know, and, you know, and, 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 and just things like that or telling a story about my grandfather, you know, we did the video, $300 of hope and a prayer, you know, just things like that, you know, where people learn and, and the interesting stories I've heard because of some of the people I deal with, people I've sold cars to or bought cars from and whatnot. And we always got different cars coming in through, you know, the car lot, you know, here, you know, we sold 116 classic cars last year in the middle of COVID. Wow. So, wow. yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the thing. And we're on tap this year to beat that. And I mean, we're rolling the vintage 10 out of here at a rapid rate. And that's unheard of in collector core sales. Collector core sales is kind of like where salesmen go to die. That's got to be yeah. be- better than like well, Barrett Jackson auctions. Well, now Barrett Jackson rolls them through pretty quick. You yeah, know, they're, they're yeah. forty-five seconds. And they send them out. But don't they? But, but don't they? They do it in like a lot. They they sell them in like one weekend. They sell like hundred fifty. Right. Yeah. So, but and the thing is, you know, I do retail sales like that. right, right, right. Barrett Jackson and I love and I love Barrett Jackson. Stuff I bought vehicles. Serves a purpose. It's it's Barry Jackson's like going to the circus. Mm. Show. It's the lights. You got the drinks. Everything's there. Everybody's laid back, and you get in the moment. Next thing you know, you overpaid for a car. Yeah, been worse. (laughs) It's also a lot like a casino. The house always wins. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, the one that really made the money was the auction house. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy who feels better about beating his competitor in the bid, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, and it is. It, it turns into he ain't gonna get it. It's mine. It's mine. Yeah. Showed well, that you, sh- you showed that guy, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I think like uh, I mean, what you're doing though, I mean, especially I mean, I mean, even just since COVID started, I mean, whether you're on you know cars and bids or you're on bring a trailer or something like that, um, but even then, like. The, the prices of, of old collectible cars or nostalgia cars are going through the roof. So you're probably selling more cars and you, you, you know, 
Maybe well, you're making more of a profit, too. I mean, what's I that look like also educate a lot of people on them because they're great investments. Yeah. I mean, and they really are. That's, that's not shucking job. That's not a sales pitch. That's fact. And, you know, I stress to people all the time that, you know, I, I tell people my, my favorite joke is my, 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 my savings account is in my garage because it's money in the bank, those cars. Yeah. And, and the thing is, if you look at anybody, that's wealthy or has done well. They own leather cars. You know why? Because they appreciate the value. That's right. Um, and you can enjoy them. They're insured. Have some fun with it. Drive it for a little while. Tells go up in value eight to twelve percent every year. Drive it, enjoy it. Sell it. Go get you another one. Get some better. You know, whatever. You know, trade up. Get another one. Get two. You know, whatever. And that's the thing. I love putting people in their first leather car. And I love like that entry level leather car. And, and bringing them, you know, I, I joke, I call it dragging them over to the dark side. But, you know, and it's, and, ha, and and that's the fun part because I'll be honest with you, once you own one, you will always own one. It's one of those yeah. things. It's kind of like Corvettes. Once you get one, you usually always have one. You're in, you're in the club. Yeah. Well, with, and especially with like the collective, you know, the collector cars or just in general, um, you know, some of those older cars, it's, there's not a lot of art you can take a girl for dinner in, you know? Um, well, it is. And that's, ultimate, that's kind of the. It's the ultimate hot date car. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Cruiser, Fourth of July weekends, man, it's the best. I've got a convertible GTO literally on the other side of that wall. Yeah. Oh my God. That that, that we went out in and had a blast. Drop the top. Fourth of July cruise. Do you realize I have the best job in the world? Do you realize I get up every morning and I go play cars (laughs) and I go home and do it all over again the next day? But I love it. And I love, I drive something different. Almost every day I drive a different car. I, I, I love, you know, I might be driving a four-wheel drive. You know, I was driving a four-wheel drive K10 the other week. You know, I was driving the GTO this past weekend. I was driving a 56 Chevrolet the weekend before that. I was driving a 70 Chevelle the weekend before that. You know, I love, I mean, I love, I love surprising my neighbors with what I might come home with next. Yeah. I may come home with a 64 Impala on, on hydraulics. You know, just random stuff. Sometimes I love bringing things like that home just to mess with my neighbors. Yeah, I, I think that's great about your channel too. And I think that's what's drawing a lot of people towards it, um, whether they know you or they're just stumbling across your channel is because you come from this long generation of kind of like, you know, classic cars, classic drag racing, like these older cars. You have these great stories from the past. We're also able to educate people on the cars. And there's a newer crowd of people who, you know, sure they love a McLaren 720, but eventually they're going to say, all right, well, I'm kind of sick of just seeing, you know, cars that rolled off the dealership floor. Like, let's talk about some of these cars from the, you know, from the 60s and 50s. And, well, you know, and some of these classics that are well-kept, amazing paint jobs, you know, they look fantastic. They stand out. It's kind of, it's a, you know, it's fantastic. I think it's drawn a lot of people's attention. It's good. And, and the thing people is, are moving towards it more. even if you're performance-minded, you know, and you like the supercars, I had a 700-horsepower Bandit Trans Am. Do you realize I got a black and gold TA with a supercharged LSA in it, 700 horsepower, black leather over black suede interior with gold accents. You know, disc brakes as big as dinner plates on this thing, Mm -hmm. all the way around. Literally, we'll stop on a dime, give you nine cents change back, and we'll handle a corner better than any C8 bet. In a Smokey and the Bandit Trans Am. And it, right. and it feels totally different than driving a 700 horsepower Hellcat. Oh, 
Oh God. Yeah. It's, it, it's, well, then there's the smell. There's all the senses. It, all the, the sensory. Like, you're, drive, you're driving a trail. First of all, you're the trailer park Romeo instantly. Second, <laughs> but that but that was the. Uh, and I, I got a funny supercar story. I got to share. It's super quick. Got a good friend of mine that's got a McLaren, and he's so proud of it. And it's a dark gray, like a gunmetal color. Yeah. And double sided on this story. Very first thing is my dad. He drove it up to the shop, the, to the truck shop back when my dad was working it. And uh, he come pulling up and, you know, he gets out. My dad walks up. He goes, they didn't have any other color but funeral home gray. <laughs> oh Worst words out of his mouth. Just a dig right away. Dig in right away. That's my father, though. Yeah. He just insults the guy instantly. Yeah. You got to get ahead of him. Mama ugly while you're going, you know? You got to get ahead of him. And then, uh, but so this guy actually got stood up. He got a girl's phone number at a fast food restaurant, got stood up by this girl. Okay, this girl applies the nickname Tater Tot. She deep fries frozen potatoes. And we're in Greenville, South Carolina. You know, there's not a lot of McLarens just riding around. Right. Probably the coolest thing, hands down, that went through that drive For sure. And right now, she stood you up. And there's somebody in a, and she's riding with a dude in a squatted truck right now. I said, you need to take this thing back to wherever you got it and tell them it's broke. Because it's made to do two things. Pick up women and go fast. It only does one of them. <laughs> Something is wrong with this. And it the, is broken. And the second one is arguably pretty easy in a McLaren. Like, yes. Yeah. You don't have to That's have a hilarious. lot going on on the other side of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, this is, Pick up women, go fast. And it's only doing one of them. Just say That's great. You know, I mean, that that's the thing. If you bought a new car and it only went forward and didn't go in reverse, you would take it back. Same problem with this. This thing is broken. It needs to be fixed. That's amazing. I want to talk about the channel. And so, like, you, you, you just dropped that, that story there. And so how do you come up with ideas for the channel? Is it just stories that you have written down? Is it, you know, so how... I've got a full-time camera guy here and we do, we shoot for six other channels here. Love it. That we started filming YouTube channels. Um, and we got a lot of local talent that's kind of working under us. Other channels, they're smaller channels. They're getting started. They're getting, are they all car related or are they just, uh, the majority of them are. The okay. majority of them. We actually have a couple that aren't car related that we're working on too. Just need now. a space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we're, 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 we're sticking our toes in in other genres on YouTube. Yeah. Um, as we're learning things with this channel, we're bringing those over to that, the new channels, bringing those ideas. And uh, like I said, we, you know, Matt's full time and, and I mean, he's, he's killer with the equipment and all that stuff. And like I said, we're working on the voiceover, voiceover podcast sound room. And I mean, we've got $40,000 of equipment in this room already and just doing basically YouTube content. And I mean, we can do podcasting and stuff like that. And we may, um, the options are open. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're doing a lot more filming random different things now and different shows. You know, we've got a gasser channel, the nostalgia drag racing channel, you know, we've got a street outlaw, like a street outlawish style channel. We're doing, uh, we got a race car builder channel is building all these custom fabricator channels. Um, just lots of fun things like that um, that we're working with. And then we've got a couple of other channels in the works that are not even remotely in the automotive field. But but that being said, you know, the 
having him here and filming it, it just makes it so much easier. And coming up with the ideas, we have a dry erase board. His office is too over from this one. So we, I just walk down the hall right here and we walk in, we have a huge dry erase board and it's the wallow ideas. Whenever <laughs> I'm here, I'm selling a car. They get rabbit up there on the board a bunch of times. As soon as it crosses your mind, I walk over it and I just write the title. And we have that. And as we do one, we pop it off and we add to it, you know, oh man, I forgot about this. And just keep up with your ideas. And, you know, and he'll have an idea for, for, a, a, for, you know, a video, you know, whether it be a motivational or will it be, you know, C10 buyer's guide or something. So Matt will come up here and he'll throw some of his ideas in there. And that's how we keep the content rolling. Yeah. And are you guys kind of focusing in one area too? Cause I mean, I look at like all the cars that go through and you're obviously selling a lot of cars. Are you, is there a place where you're kind of doing like walk arounds and overviews on any of these cars or is that kind of in the works? We're actually, we're actually going to start doing that. We're actually going to launch a channel for the car lot. That's going to be okay. Just, just walk arounds and the sales pitch. You yeah. Know, if you, you know, just, just, you know, we got a glide cam. We'll go around it with that. And, Pointing out some details, hitting the high points, hey, contact us here if you're interested, you know, short yeah. to the point. And, and that way we touch on the cars in the videos, but we don't harp on them. I'm not going to beat anybody to death to sell them. You don't have to do that. No, but yeah. I like I like that you have them in the video because it's you talking and then there's like little interludes where it's you driving and the, or the cars are there. And it, it, it shows that there are vehicles as part of the channel it's, it's a, not just it's a little more immersive yeah yeah and, yeah and they're always changing yeah exactly yeah. always different cars yeah i mean you've you've probably seen you ever heard of enthusiast auto group um the guy that does all the really rare bmws and he kind of has a stable of bmws that they go through he gets kind of a tough rap from the bmw and car community right now but you know he does do those overviews hey new inventory's coming in let's take a look at it you know walk around maybe a quick drive stuff like that it's always interesting oh, especially yeah. some of the older stuff like you know we you know, some of us who don't know those cars as well as, you know, whether it's 90s or 2000s cars, you know, for me, it's, it's like, and I'd like to learn about that. And that's the thing. That's the new hot thing is the Radwood era stuff is, 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 is really hot. Yeah. And, we, and we've got, well, we're dabbling in that. Like, I mean, I bought a real low mileage CRX SI. Yeah. And it never in a million years did I think I'd be buying a collectible Honda. Yeah. But that's the new hot thing. And you've got... You know, of course, your you know '80s and '90s cars, you know, Corvettes and Mustangs and Fox Body Mustangs. We we've been buying those up forever now, and you know, OBS trucks and all that stuff. That stuff's just red hot. It's what's yeah. fun. Well, yeah, the, the thing with yeah. classic cars is, you know, it's a relative term to who the demographic of who you're selling it to. Because right. like classic, right. classic for me is different for you because you had a nostalgia previous to when you were right. born. Me, maybe like, you know, JP, I know is very much into like the early 2000s, late 80s, 90s. I don't know, JP, would you go further back than that? I, I think you're just a no, car I guy. No, I like that. I like that. I mean, I'm a car guy through and through, but then there's like, I'm always interested in like some of the old like 30s and 50s and 70s cars too, you know? Well, and, and that's, that's what I cut my teeth on those times. Yeah. But yeah. Now, the thing is, I was selling, the moment make you feel real old. I was selling these things the first time around, and now they're the classics. <laughs> so it's it, like it, I sold a few of these before, like, oh, when? Like this year, last year? Like, no, in uh, 92. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, you know, like I sold a uh, 98 Chevrolet truck to a guy 
And, you know, the, the OBS 88, 98-year-old trucks are stupid popular right now. And uh, and we've had probably two dozen through here. And I've been buying low-mileage ones as, as fast as I can get my hands on them. And we we had a guy in here, and he was talking about it. I said, hell, I was selling these things the first time around. You know, like, I, got, I mean, I know these trucks, you know. Yeah. You know, and he's like, yeah, man, I love this classic-style truck. I'm like, shut up, dude. Yeah. It, I, I, I can't wait for the guy who comes back and buys the same car. You, you find a car that you had sold the first time. And then the guy who comes back is, oh, I've been looking for this car. He's like, oh, shit, I got your car, man. I sold you this car. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be, got you my money yeah. twice. So we've, we've seen so many different scenarios here. And, and you know, we've, we've been dabbling in the whole uh, the Japanese car stuff and, and all that. And, I mean, the JDM market stuff. Yeah, we've had Z cars in here and things like that. That's it's exciting though because I love it because that means our hobby's growing and yeah. it's alive and well. And you know what else that means? That's job security, kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the car guy's a car guy too. I mean, it's well, I guess you like the cars you fall in love with. For me, it's kind of a product of the cars you couldn't afford when you got into getting a car. So, like, I own an Integra GSR, and I I bought I stocked people in parking lots for like three years. He's I was not joking. Wait outside. I would just wait outside. You're that guy. I just oh, wait yeah. outside in front of the car, and I'd wait till him to come out, and I'd say, "Hey, are you interested in selling the car?" You know, um, that, that, that's how I bought my. That's how I got my integrity. My integrity GSR. I waited outside a store here in Bellevue, Washington. This this you know older lady comes out, and she's like, "What are you doing standing by my car?" And I was like, "Hey, excuse me." I was like, "I just like I love your car. Like, are you interested in selling it?" You know, get to chatting with her, and uh, she ends up she <laughs> bought it brand new in 1997 herself, five speed manual integrity. Um, had all the service records all the way up because you know to what it was two years ago when I bought it, and I said, hey, if you ever sell this car, you know, give me, you know, give me a call. Here's my number. Didn't hear from her. Fifteen months later, she, I get a call on my cell phone from a random number. She's like, hey, you told me to call you if I were going to sell my car. And I was like, great. Bought I just it. bought a one owner Integra GSR. <laughs> yeah, that's a score. That's the way to do it. So I have, uh, I have a trucks at the gas station the other week. A guy was standing there. I'm like, it's a nice truck. How long you had it? He said, I bought it new. So many miles got on. He said, oh, I think it's about 120000 I said, you'll sell it? He goes, what do you mean? I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you $6,500 for your truck right now. He goes, excuse me? He's pumping gas. <laughs> like, and I'll pay for the I'll give you $6,500 for your truck, and we'll call you a ride. Yeah. And he goes, well, I just live around the corner. I said, hell, I'll take you home. Good, good, we'll go. And I bought his truck. It's sitting right there right now. That's the that move. That's what I'm saying. That was forward on a set of twenties. You got to be ready. You got to be ready to buy it. I told that lady too. I said, if I live right down the street. I'll go grab a checkbook. We can get this taken care of. You know, that's you got to jump on those opportunities. Close those it. deals. That's exactly it. Well, you. I mean, yeah, you got to always be selling. Whether it's uh, whether you're just chatting with people about what you're doing, or your YouTube channel, or your business. You know, you got to always be selling. Oh yeah. So well, all about speaking, the brand. speaking about the YouTube channel and uh, something so kind of interesting, it's funny that, you know, all that hoopla with the, with the cable TV stuff. And I've gotten a few calls over the years on TV production companies and things like that. And I've always pushed them off. I'll be honest with you. Wasn't interested, really. I mean, I might hear them out, but really right. don't put a lot of faith in any of it. Um, I actually got reached out to by a company that was making working for the streaming service a very popular streaming service and um and uh, 
and these guys stayed after me for a little while. And so I actually heard them out and they said, just give it a shot. So we're telling you, we're not going to be like those guys. Cause I told him, I've been down this road. I'm happy where I'm at. I got this, this, and this. He said, we need you. And I'm like, listen, bud, I don't think I, he said, we'll make it work. We can do this. We can do this. I said, but I'm really busy right now. He said, let us get you in front of a camera. He said, we'll fly you out. We'll get you in front of a camera. We're going to turn you right back around, send you back. Yeah. You're going to love it. And now I'm filming a show for them. Oh, so we'll be okay. filming that. Instead. We'll fear, we're actually filming that the first week of September. There you go. We're not I, yeah. We I figured they yeah. need, they need content like that. They, they, they have to, they've gotten so set in their kind of stone ways and, you know, look at like top gear killed it for decades and it's never been even even the Amazon Prime version of it, it never got to the point yeah. of where no. it was. So they, okay. they, there's a void. And well, I, you, you think cable, you know, that shit. Big Brother Cable has got that market cornered. Mm-hmm. And now your streaming services, whether it be Amazon or whether it be, which a lot of YouTubers are going just straight to Prime. Yeah. But, yeah. but the, and, and you know, you've got all these other streaming services now that are, jumping on that bandwagon because they don't realize how big that automotive market is and how popular it is. And I'll be honest with you, people are turning cable off and turning internet stream services, YouTube on. YouTube and that's my big thing. And and that's, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I really see that's the future now. I really do. I, I, I mean, when you see cable companies with YouTube subscription channels, that's telling you something. Well, yeah. look at Tavarish, Ed, and Tyler. They have a production company who's creating a TV show quality YouTube video for them. And it has it. I I guarantee name a TV show. I don't even have cable, so I can't tell you a cable TV show on right now. But like name a cable TV show. They get more views in a week than a TV show probably gets all year. Easily. 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 You got people like, I mean, look at Cletus McFarlane. What he's doing, he bought a racetrack. I mean, the guy bought a whole racetrack down in Florida. I mean, yeah. what that, that's in, like, he went from just kind of working for 1320 doing that stuff to, you know, rate building, you know, that, that, that Corvette, that was a C6 Corvette that Leroy has. And then he built that drag car. And I mean, now he's got a whole racetrack. He's doing everything. He's getting, yeah, so know, I, it's, it's definitely, it's superseding everything that's, that's known to these, you know, all these big wood, you know, in the, in their corporate offices thinking about trying to sign deals and lock down contracts are like, this totally caught them with their pants down because all the viewers have gone to this straight to the source, more connected to the audience. They want to hear the story from people like you. You know what I mean? Right. Um, well, it's, it's a, it's a little more raw. You know, that was another big thing with starting a channel is I don't want to be this guy. Hey guys, welcome to Rabbit Shoes Cars. This is what we're doing. <laughs> Let me get this thing turned around. You know, yeah. I don't want to be that guy. And uh, be careful with Bobby calling my girlfriend. So, <laughs> uh, so but anyway, but you know, I didn't want to be that guy. So right. I found a guy that can take care of that and make it look, you know, we don't want to be a total polished act, but we don't want shaking cameras and, and you know, and technology's made that a lot easier too. But, you know, we were joking around, you know, when I was working with some of the other cable channels back then, we used better cameras now than they were using then. A hundred percent. YouTube content. Yeah. But I mean, we dumb it down for YouTube, but 
the thing is though is I think it's more real. It's more raw. It's 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 not as polished, but it's like you know you don't have to take Dramamine to watch it. You know it's it's yeah. you know it's people are watching on TV. They're they're watching, and YouTube is a whole nother medium. It's different, and and Ed explained it to me best. Um, you know, matter of fact, just this past weekend, um, I was standing in a restaurant, and a guy walks up to me. He goes, "Your rabbit." I'm like, you got me. What's going on, bud? And he goes, oh, not much, man. I watch your videos all the time. And this, and this, and this, and this, and all this. And he just talking. And, you know, and, and you know, my girlfriend's over here just like, you know, like, she's standing there. You know, she's a good sport. But, you know, and it's just like, and I, I love to talk. And you know what? This is my thing with these guys. These guys take their lunch break, and they watch me. Yeah. I do story time Monday and Friday every week and you know all you do if you read in the comments god my monday's been made boy can't best way to start a week little rabbit. yeah you know all this stuff these guys eat it up i mean these guys have are so loyal that you can't help but want to be that guy you know yeah. you want to talk to them because i'm gonna tell you something you just made their day by doing that you know and i mean if that's all it takes, I'm down. Well, it's good. I mean, if you got the stories too, and yours, you know, yours are great too because YouTube. I mean, you your stories as well. Like, I mean, I you know, I could, I could put my phone in my pocket and still listen to it. Seriously, you know, that's a good piece about it too. You got a lot of that too. Yeah, you got guys that are driving truck drivers over the road, yep. and then I mean, and that's, I think that's another big selling point of it is uh, is it's so relatable. You know, yep. maybe not every story. I mean, that might be interesting. But there's a lot of my, and I had something happen to me like that one time, or my buddy did, or, or I remember those cars, you know, or I've been to that town. And, 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 you know, that's the beauty of storytelling is being descriptive and those little things, you know, you know, like, you know, the perfect example. And I, and I joke with people all the time about this. Um, I sold a Camaro to a porn star. Right. <laughs> Which is a great story. Very popular video. <laughs> And and, and, and and I get asked probably 300 times a week at the portal stories. And, yeah. and I'll be honest with you, it would kill it if I told you. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll let you guess all day long, you know? And, and it tickles me, you know, the way I describe her. You know, you tell she don't work in the church office, you know? But, and then this and this, and, you know, you definitely tell she had some aftermarket parts. And then just, and just, but it's those descriptive terms. And it's just your building. And they're painting this picture in their head of exactly where they want this story to go. And yeah. I love that, you know, where if you've seen it, oh, it's her. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. It, it, but you, it's like seeing the movie. Exactly. No, i tell you what it's like. It's like reading the book. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. you know, once you see the yeah. movie, everyone says, well, yeah, yeah, the book was better. But that's, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, the way you tell the story, if you were actually there, <laughs> I, sold, I sold a 70 Camaro to a lady. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's basically it. But just details. But the one story. Oh, my God. That's right. The one thing about that story, though, flavoring. Ed kind of told us a little bit about it. 
you, I think you went, when he asked you to like tell that story, you were talking to him and you were like, oh yeah, I think that story is going to, you know, take like eight to nine to maybe like 12 minutes. You knew like the timestamp of how long the story would take to talk, which is something that I think comes from all of your past things. You knew you, you know, working on radio, working in, you know, telling stories your whole life growing up and kind of becoming this, this infamous persona it's something amazing to know that. And it must be great for pacing for YouTube now. It is. It is. You know, obviously, you know, there's a there's a magic time frame there. Yep. Knowing how to. And sometimes they just run long. I mean, it's just it just takes time to get yep. the points across. But, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you kind of want to keep it, you know, like a, a preacher once said, you know, you want to keep your sermon like a, like a girl's skirt. You know, long enough to cover the subject, but short enough to keep it interesting. Yep. And, and but, but it's so true. That's great. And, uh. And that's, you know, that's part of storytelling. You want to keep everybody, you know, glued to their seat for the full ride, but you know, you don't want to leave any details out either. But that's 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 definitely a trait you pick up over time, especially radio, because you're working in between time slots. You're working, you know, in between commercial spots, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, bring it in. Well, to yeah. talk about the the fans that you have and meeting them, it must be cool to become the celebrity status. You know, uh, I think Rhett and Link. I don't know if you watch. Good Mythical Morning. Um, they call themselves celebrities because they're not a celebrity. You are now a celebrity as well. Celebrity. Yeah. Um, you know, I get these guys and it, it tickles me. It's 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 humbling. It is because they at the end of the day I consider myself a glorified used car salesman. I mean, really and truthfully, I have a lot of fun, I enjoy life, I love to laugh and cut up. This place is nothing but a bad joke meal. I mean, <laughs> constantly have a joke going on in here um a matter of fact just today the joke of the day is we got on a rant um i've got a guy that that helps me with the events now that does the events company for me his name is kobe and we call him kobe kai and uh, (laughs) it's the full we got him the full cobra kai um gi yeah (laughs) and all but we do so we started doing the pointing game where you point with two fingers, no matter what. So when anybody asks you anything, what you need to do is go down here around the corner and, <laughs> and everything's a two finger. And, and then like you get points for creativity. If you do the double twos, I mean, and it's so stupid. I mean, this is elementary school humor. But just got to run a gag, running gag the whole day. Oh, something to spice it up. Yeah. For weeks we will be going on this. Yeah, it's like true. it's like the the real life version of the sh- the movie Waiting. Exactly, constantly. <laughs> There's a sun tie, you know, just constantly bad jokes all day long. Well, speaking about uh, fans, so we got thank you for reposting us on Instagram. We got a a, a lot of questions, and I want to ask two questions just for sake of time, and then JP will roll us out. So, um, if I just to preface this, if I say your name wrong, if I mispronounce your Instagram name, I'm sorry. It's not on purpose. Um, but your pic, your your question will be somewhere down here. And I'm sorry if I didn't get to your question. Um, It'll you be know, in this general area. General area below my me. Um, this, and yeah, this somewhere. Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't even get the joke. Yeah. Whew, yeah. Way over my head. Or should I say it's... the conversation, Michael? <laughs> everybody. It Talk only good. took me an hour Welcome and a half. Welcome to the show. It only took you an hour and a half. Yeah, I'm here. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad to be here. Um, so, 
I'm gonna ask two, and uh, um, I'm gonna use the restroom real quick. You guys keep going. Yeah. Um. Oh crap! There's some good ones. Sorry. All right. So, uh, I think this guy's name is a uh, wide, widen, relax, relax. No, widen, relax. Uh, do you miss your old black Mustang? You know, it's funny. We were talking about it. That car. There's a kid still driving that thing, and it's floating around. It's in. It's in. So it's about two towns over. And dumb luck, I actually saw it sitting in a shopping center parking lot. And I could spot that turd from a mile away. And I'm like, that thing is still on the road. And there's a teenage kid driving it. And he works at a shoe store. And I'm thinking to myself, and he walked out like a little hard ass. And I'm thinking, like, I birthed that thing. It came from my world. <laughs> you know? And, 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 and so the ironic thing about it is, is my camera guy, Matt, has the twin to it. That was his baby and he still owns it. So we're over here, like, you know, he's telling me about his Mustang and I'm just going ape shit, going all these little nerd out things. Like remember back in the day and this and this and this and this and all this stuff. And he goes like, man, like, you know, I'm shocked. You're so happy. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I have to idolize your POS Mustang because I don't have mine anymore. You know, I was nerding out a little bit, but it was a lot of fun. And yes, I do miss it. But, so uh, I'm kind of glad. It's kind of cool to see it still on the road. You gonna go uh, go to the shoe store and make that kid's day by buying it back from him? You know what? I don't want you the shoes. I just want the car. Play on player. Take it. <laughs> Cheers. You know what? I, you know what? I, I like living it. I like the memory better than the actual thing. Yeah, I I get that though. You know, let the you know you got to at one point you got to cut the tie and move on. You know, the the story just goes on with it. You yeah, just make memories. So the, the final question from Instagram that I'll ask, and uh, once again, sorry if I didn't get to yours, um, uh, is from RJC3296. What's the most obscure car, weird car, you love, sell slash well? So I, I'm guessing what's the weirdest car that you sell well? Mm, I'll be honest with you, I kind of sell them all pretty good. Um, I mean, no, I mean, no, no, no just, I mean, just... Uh, that's a salesman right there. <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know, I mean, it's what I do. Um, you know, if I was a chef, I'd make a mean damn sandwich. I mean, it's just part of it. Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of crazy stuff in here. Um, a lot of odd things. And then, and, 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 you know, I don't know. That's a good one. That's, that's a good one. I'm, I bought, I buy things sometimes as a challenge because I've never sold them before. So, like, I tell you, this was this is a funny one, actually. So, I bought a '82 Datsun Z car. That's probably the nicest one on the planet. So this guy had two cars. I bought a lot of collections. Guys, kind of getting out of the hobby, whatnot. Um, and this guy had a '57 Chevrolet, and he built this Z car. He was a Nissan tech by trade. He retired oh. from Nissan. And he restored this thing for his daughter. His daughter got married. Just, you know, didn't, it just sat. But this thing was immaculate. And I mean, all the books, they started out with a super nice car. And I mean, like these things rusted like on day two anyway. <laughs> and, but now, but like this one's like perfect. 
And here I have this perfect pinship brown 280Z. And it's, I mean, it's immaculate. And it's like, find the nicer one. You can't do it. So I said, you know what? We're going to buy it. Don't even know what a good price is for a Z car. Just kind of took a stab at it. And you know, say it for a little bit because it kind of stuck out. You know, I mean, you got 55 Chevrolets and Chevelles and Camaros and C10 trucks and Z car. You know, just it's a little different. And uh, we had it for a few weeks. And, and the thing was, the price point on the car was so great. I mean, it's a perfect entry level collectible, you know? And the thing is, you imagine driving this thing like cars and coffee, you will never have another one nicer than this one. Like you're never gonna be like, man, that guy's got a nice Z car. No, you are the nice Z car, period. And um, I mean, this thing was immaculate. And uh, I did a video. So we finance collector cars. We go through different lenders and things like that. And we were joking around. And so this Z car, I did a video and say how I could put you in a collector car with no money. Typical, a collector car loans typically a, a, a glorified used car loan at the end of the day. 10% down, decent credit, we got you. you know? Signed, sealed, delivered. Um, so this car, the price point of the car was $13,900. And I said, you take your stimulus check, you get your Biden bucks, <laughs> put that down. This is about that time that you notice the fingers. Very important. <laughs> you put that money down and for less than your cable bill a month, you will own a classic car that's going up in value. Yeah. We took 100 credit apps on that car. Holy cow. That's the thing that's crazy. That's the power of the internet. Well, that's the power of... 100 plus credit apps. And, and like you were so talking about... The, when the, the finance company's calling me and saying, what the hell are you doing? Well, the future yeah, of your channel. Slow it down. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you, you know, kind like, of talked about like doing some you know tours of cars. How many cars do you have? You know? Yeah. You know, it, it shows like the idea that you had about like doing some tours of cars, talking about the sales tactic, and then saying, oh, and... It's available. Apply here. Like, it clearly, the concept works. Yes. And, and the thing is, the guy that bought it lives in Melbourne, Florida. And it's his first collector car. And he absolutely loves it. Yeah. He, you know, he's the guy that, you know, you know, he wanted... You know, because all the cars have the stickers in the back. Like, he wanted just like on screen. He wanted everything. And, you know, and it's, you know, sure, you want a sticker with my face on in your back glass? Golden, bud. You can have it. And, uh, but, but he loves it. And I love that because now, and he's telling me about, you know, taking it to Cars and Coffee or taking it here. And I'm like, man, I love this thing. Like, I love that because now I've created another person or i brought another person into yeah. the hobby that i love the hobby that pays my bills yeah that's that's fun there'd be going to the event company that does car shows can't do car shows without cars can't and you can't do it without enthusiasts exactly yeah. so you got to think about it this all fuels everything yeah and, yeah. and that's what I, I love about it i love the car hobby. i've met some of the best people i'll be honest with you going to local car shows 
these guys are like family to me. I see them every weekend. You know what I'm saying? I love that guy. I'm like, hey, you know, it's this, it's this. I, I mean, I love it. I, I, I think that's one of the best things you can do. I mean, really, I mean, there's a lot of fun things you can do, father, son. And there's a lot of great hobbies. But hands down, I think that's one of the best is doing something like that with your child, well, you know, or son or daughter, and going to a car show and going and getting them into that because the people are so great. And, and yeah. it's just the community, you know, it's, just, it's really interesting. And then the thing is, it doesn't even matter what you're into because there's always somebody that's in the same kind of car as you are. Yeah. And that's, I think it's, as I say, it's like a, being a kid though, too, it teaches you a lot when you go to those car shows about like, you know, treating the things you love right, right? You know, being a car guy, it's all about, especially you get into detailing, you get into doing multi-stage paint corrections and detailing, and it goes further and further and how to care for something. Speaking of another good video idea, we did a video, we called it Throwaway Society. Yeah. What do you do when, what do you do when something breaks? We throw it away. Yep. Well, how about they were like that with classic cars? There wouldn't be any. It was worst. You keep restoring, you baby this thing, you yep. nurture it last. You know, if something breaks, you fix it. Yep. And, and that's that's the thing that I don't want people to forget about. You don't understand. I mean, sometimes it's just not feasible to fix things. But that's I think that's another cool thing about the classic cars and the hobby itself, whether it be the new Radwood crew coming in or be Paul Paul pulling up in his 34 Ford three window coupe. With, with grandma with them or yeah. you know your dad in a 55 chevrolet or you know that that uncle that still wears you know bell bottoms pulling up in a 70 duster you know what i'm saying no matter what everybody in between and and that's the the, the cool thing is the history of it and keeping it alive and keeping these cars on the road i love it i, yeah. I think it's i think it's great yeah i mean then and the nostalgia of it's just great too it's like you know me and me and my father like if we go check out car shows or whenever i'm down there seeing him we're you know, we're usually talking about cars and things like that too. So it's, I don't know. I, I love it. It brings people together. It's awesome. Um, yeah, I think, you, I think you've done a fantastic job of it. We're looking forward to seeing what's coming next. Mike, do you have more Instagram questions? I've got another. Um... No, that was, that was it. So uh, JP, you can ask your question. Sorry, my camera. My oh camera, no, my camera question died. was, um, you might be banned for life from eBay, but is your dog? Oh yeah. So <laughs> Sprocket. Sprocket. <laughs> okay. So Sprocket got replaced by a cat. Gotcha. That's a story for another time. That's a story for another time. Okay. So Sprocket, the story of Sprocket. Sprocket was actually my ex-wife's dog. Okay. We got, I I bought him for her. He was a little chihuahua, a runt. But he didn't bark. He wasn't like a yappy dog. He was just quiet. He chilled. But he had a knack for cars. Oh, he loved, well, I mean, he was just, he just liked to, he liked to hang out. Um, but the thing that was crazy was, is he hated my ex-wife with a passion. <laughs> so he kind of ended up being my dog. And how he got the name Sprocket is when we brought him home, because she had some kind of cute name picked out for him. That just, Fifi you know, or something, yeah. Yeah. And we were watching the Jetsons. For some reason, that was on, and George was just basically Sprockets. And you got this little quirky dog with these big ears just looking at you shaking. You're like, Sprocket. You know, (laughs) you're stuck. And um, that dog, like I said, he had an eBay account. I mean, I took him. That's what I'm saying. He He... beach with me to car shows. I made a custom wagon, a little red wagon 
with big wheels on it because he was so little and he rode in that wagon all over Daytona Motor Speedway. That's great. And I mean, he's just that chilled on. Um, I was in a motorcycle wreck in 2007. Um, and you know, so, and I was a pretty bad motorcycle wreck. I was in the hospital for a little bit. And uh, when I got home, so this is the crazy story of Sprocket. You're going to want Sprocket on your podcast next. Yeah. Sprocket has lived an interesting life. Well, he's also bids on a lot of cars on eBay. So, yeah. so I've been told. Well, so Sprocket, told. Sprocket, likes, Sprocket likes to you know, throw the money around, you know? <laughs> he tosses the cash around. He likes to around, you know? Yeah, he's, he's not a, yeah. People see how bad you want it, you know? <laughs> and, um, but anyway, so this dog uh, would follow me everywhere I went. Never was on a leash. He followed me everywhere. I took him to work with me. I took him to the truck shop. I took him to the car lot. He followed me everywhere. Rode in the car, sat on center console, like plain cheeseburgers from McDonald's. That was his thing. Yeah. That'll do it. No onions, no pickles, just like his daddy. And anyway, so, um, and he didn't die of a heart attack, by the way. But, <laughs> so anyway, he, um, I took him. And he made me fall. So when I first got from the hospital, I was walking with a walker. I tore my left leg off. And then I got a titanium rod there now. But anyway, he goes, and uh, I was trying to go from the walker to crutches. And keep in mind, I got a cast, half, I mean, all the way to my hip. Yeah. And I'm walking with crutches, and I'm not the most coordinated guy anyway. And I got this dog weaving in between my legs and the crutches all the time. Right. I fell two or three times. And to me, he didn't mean he just follows me around. I mean, that's what he does. And um, so here I am walking on crutches. And I actually took him with me to this truck shop. And uh, we're sitting there and I'm walking around on crutches and sprocket. You know, I stop, he stops, you know, just whatever. And um, he'll bark, he needs to go pee. You know, that's his thing. And um, I went to go see a vendor and He'll walk in, just walk right behind you, you know. And that vendor looked over his desk. He goes, That's your dog? I'm like, What dog? Oh, him? Yeah, he's with me. And you know, just playing dumb, you know. And uh, he goes, My little girl would go crazy over him. She's been wanting a dog like that and this and this and this. And Sprocket has like two brain cells one's forbidden, the other one's for sitting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. So I said, I said, How old's your little girl? I said, She's nine years old. And I said, and I knew the guy pretty good. You know, I knew he was all right. And uh, he drove a Corvette too. And uh, <laughs> that'll, that'll help. It's a good prerequisite. Sprock was probably a Corvette fan. How was she like to have Sprock? You know, I'm thinking I was a single guy. It was a very wild time in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, and he goes, You mean that? And I'm like, He's yours. I said, All I ask, you take him to this vet keep up with his stuff. You know, he's in good shape. He likes cheeseburgers. But he's, you know, he's this, just take care of him. That's what I want. She said, oh, of course, of course, of course. That dog, so before that, I actually missed a point. So I gave him to him. And Sprocket passed away like three years ago. Keep on that damn dog was almost 20 years old. Yeah. R.P. Sprocket. And the thing is, that girl was in college. Yeah. And like, she loved him to death. There's pictures, like you go back in there and there'd be pictures of his daughter and Sprocket together. Yeah, just them, them two at McDonald's together, just dining. Exactly, them two eating cheeseburgers, you know? <laughs> this is the craziest thing. Sprocket not being the brightest bulb in the box, usually. He shocked his daddy. So when I first 
had the motorcycle accident. And this was the crazy thing about him. When I first had the motorcycle accident, I knew, like, I didn't need to keep up with this dog, let him out, you know, taking him out and all this stuff. So my buddy had a chihuahua also. And he goes, I'll keep Sprocket for you for a couple weeks. His house burnt to the ground. Sprocket made it out of it. Holy cow. He was standing there with the fire department thinking like, it's getting hot. Fuck this. I'm getting out. You know? I mean, he's just like, I'm like, damn, he's, he is smart. You know? Like, he's got some lassie in him, you know? Yeah. And like everything else died in the house, but the Sprocket made it. So wow. then he gets Sprocket back, and that's when I gave him to my buddy. Yeah, that's crazy. But but that's, that's the cool thing. So, but anyway, yeah. that's, I felt like I did a good thing there. You know, yeah, you know, I like that, that. I think that's probably twofold at that time. Maybe you wouldn't have been able to give Sprocket the life that Sprocket wanted. And that girl, you can't oh. you can't beat a nine-year-old's love for a puppy and then give them a puppy. Oh, I mean, yeah. thing, Sprocket was, you know, he's probably four or five years old then. But yeah. he was like this big. Right. You know, he weighed like three pounds. Yeah. My dogs are far from that. They're like 70, and one of them should be 60 pounds, but he's about nine. Well, now I've got a 26 pound black cat. So, (laughs) oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. 26 pounds. Yeah, that's uh, That's a big cat. No onions, also no onions, no pickles. No onions, no pickles for the cat, too. No, no, no. He just eats kids, you know. (laughs) You know. Yeah, uh, we, had a, we had a neighborhood kid problem, you know? But thankfully, you got this cat, and now it's been solved. Yeah. Well, he uh, ran my garage. I had no pets after Sprocket, you know? There you go. Yeah. Bachelor guy. And this little black cat, this kitten, runs into my garage and runs under my Chevelle. And next thing you know, I'm over here like, who's a pretty kitty? Now you're, <laughs> cat, you're the cat owner now. Four years later, you know, he has his own room in my house. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, and he well, can probably get an eBay account. So, no, no, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Like, no, he's banned too. He was banned before. He yeah, by so, association, uh, by association. Yeah, let Webster play on eBay. Yeah, you know? yeah, we don't do that. Wow. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I appreciate. It. I think, um, man, I, I can't thank you enough for being here. It's great chatting with you and kind of just learning a little bit more of kind of what what got you to where we're we're going and what's happening next. So, I, I think the last the, the final question that I have for you is, I mean kind of roll it out for, for the folks here, um, you know, who, who've made it this far and say, Hey, you know, what, what, what do you have going on? What's coming up? Tell them about your YouTube channel, you know, your other social medias, you know, where, where they can look for your cars online is what we can expect from you next. Yeah, be sure to check us out. You know, of course, rabbitsusecars.com. Um, you know, of course, Rob Pitts, Top Rabbit, you know, anything search you're going to get me on that on YouTube. Uh, of course, Rob underscore Pitts on Instagram. Uh, the, uh, you know, we got a lot of exciting things coming up. I'm actually looking at a second location for RUC now. So we're actually going to have two stores going at once because one car lot wasn't a big enough headache, so now I need two. Yeah, um, that's smart move. And, and, and you know, I'm having a hard enough time stocking this one, but I now need another one. Um, so we're actually looking for a, we're looking at a second location now. And it actually just caught my eye because I love how cool the building is. That's what drew me to it. Yeah. But anyway, we're working on that. Um, of course, we got you know the the, the uh, Netflix stuff coming up. That's exciting. Um, that that show is going to really. It's a little different from anything else that I've oh. seen, and I think that one's going to throw a lot of gas on the fire for everything. This way, um, the uh, of course channel's doing phenomenal. I mean, you know, we love that. We keep that going every week. Um, 
you know, these truck shops wide open. And yeah. Living life, living the dream, kids. There it is. It, it really does seem like you are living the dream. I mean, you've you've done really well for yourself, and I think, uh, you know, you're... It's more like a nightmare Sundays. <laughs> yeah, but you got to get through. Look, every time your back's been up against the wall, I think you've... Uh, You've come out way on top, so. It, it, it typically works that way. You know, it typically works that way. But I think a lot of that also is all those years of being pushed. Yeah. You know, you know like, you don't quit. You know, like, it's just, you just don't stop. You may find a better way to do it, but you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You stick with it, you know, and you make it work. So I guess it's that mentality sticks with it. Put yeah. one foot in front of the other. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for being on the show tonight, and uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, if we if we make a trip down to see Ed, we'll make our way through Georgia to say hi, or to, uh, South Carolina on our way to Georgia, say hi. I'd love to see the shop and uh, and get to get to have a beer with you or hang out, and uh, it'd be awesome. So thanks so much. Everything is in the show notes below. Make sure you check out his channel. And oh, I'm I'm really not good at this game. I would be terrible. I'm, uh, I'm on board. At, yeah, I'm on JP's board. into it. He's on to it. Um, so JP's check it out this. below. I worked in a lot of and, restaurants. <laughs> I worked in a lot of restaurants. I've been a lot of sales groups. Yeah, get it. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the show, and I uh, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for See having you. me, bud. Thank you. Hey, guys. It's Mike. Thanks so much for listening today. We had so much fun recording this podcast, and we can't wait for the next episode. Check out our Instagram channel to find out who the next guest is going to be and submit your questions so you can get featured on the show. While you're at it, why not subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch some of the podcasts that we have available. Thanks so much, and we can't wait for the next episode.